Let's Talk Crypto with Gabrielle Haynes. Hello, we are on with Ulysses, the co... How did I mispronounce your name, by the way? Yeah, that was perfect. Ulysses. Ulysses. I was, I was going to say Ulysses. <laughs> I think that's yeah, kind of like, a, exactly that's like an like American the... version. <laughs> yeah, right. Ulysses. Okay. Let's do that again. Hello, we're on with Ulysses, one of the co-founders of AP Wine. Very excited to talk about the project today, learn a bit more about him. How are you doing today? Hey, Gabriel. Thank you very much for having me. Doing good. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. So, Ulysses, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, right. I'm um, from Paris, the, the capital of bread and cheese, and of, <laughs> also the capital of you know wine, hence the AP Wine project. I've um yeah I'm I'm from I'm from France love it and uh I've also studied in Switzerland but uh I will uh, maybe go more into that later. <laughs> so you I mean you grew up there you're born there? Yeah actually um I was born in the south and then moved to Paris with my uh family and then grew up a little bit between Brittany and uh, uh and Paris uh this is where I spent most of my childhood. Yeah really beautiful place. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. What's the uh, crypto community like over there? I mean, is there any activity, any meetups? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm very, very recent uh, to crypto. Uh, before, I was much more into game development. Since I was a kid, I knew I always wanted to, to become a game developer. That was really my passion. It always is, but, you know, things change and sometimes you're your passions uh, change a little bit. I mean, it's still computer science in a way, but now it's more axed towards uh, cryptocurrencies. But anyways, um, yeah, there the, the were really good game development communities in Paris. Uh, I still need to check if there are any crypto communities around, but probably after the lockdown. <laughs> so so tell me about that. Uh, your experience with creating games. How'd you get into that? Yeah. Um, Actually, I remember very well the day it all started. Um, I was at school. I think I was 12. Um, I mean, I've, I've always, I've always uh, loved programming. I, I, I made websites with friends. Uh, I think it was in, uh, in middle. Uh, I don't know if you call this middle school. Not, not yeah. primary school, but after that, yeah, middle school. Eighth grade or something? Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I made a, a video games website. Uh, like a news website about flash games. If you remember that era, <laughs> mini clip for sure. I was playing a uh, bubble trouble. Nice. Exactly. Exactly. So we were having a, a news website about the new flash games, you know, coming up. Oh, that, um, nice. Nice. Okay. So you yeah. start just making like updates, like this is the new coolest game, like a game blog kind of. Exactly. Right. Exactly. It was called uh, allgames.fr. Okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah, we were writing articles every day about new Flash games. Um, and then, and then it's, it came to my mind that I wanted to make some games too. You know, I, I love to play it, but I also wanted to, to, express, my, 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 to express myself in, in video games. So I started making games at uh, around 12. Uh, when I first saw an article of, of, of a young guy, I think he was 14. He was from uh, Utah, America. And he made a game called... Uh, I think it was a puzzle bubble or puzzle bowl or something like that, you know, just a, a puzzle game about a bowl. Um, and it made the top charts in the app store. And I was really impressed. How can a 14 year old boy can, can, you know, beat 
the hell out of you know established game developers on the app store so i was really impressed and wanted to you know me to kind of make a, a an impact in that in that in that industry uh but i was only 12 so i i started small i uh i, I made a few games it worked really well, you know, for me, I really loved what I was doing. It didn't have that much success. I, I, I maybe got, you know, what, 5,000 downloads on my games. You know, it's, it's a good start, but it wasn't anywhere near what the guy was making. And I was a little bit jealous, you know, so I, I kept making games like that. It, it kind of gave me a, a pushing force and kind of a, a goal to achieve. So I made games for a long time, I think six, seven years. Um, Till, till the age of 19, I was, I was actually, you know, joining game jams. I don't know if, you, if you've heard about game jams before. No, what is that? Um, so in crypto, we have hackathons, right? It's uh, mm. an event where you need to make a project, a really cool project, and actually lots of nights projects uh, popping up uh, through these uh, in the time span of one week, two weeks, sometimes even a weekend, you know? Um, so you need to make a project within a short time span. And this is exactly what a game jam is, but four games. Uh, so you need to make a game in 48 hours, exactly. And that's uh, okay. usually quite the achievement. It's quite the, uh, um, yeah, it's quite a challenge. So um, I made a lot of these. I organized some game jams around Paris. Uh, and it was really fun. I met a lot of people, even people who later became uh, established game developers. I remember one guy who ended up working for uh, Ubisoft, another who worked uh, for Google making games. Uh, so it, it was really nice meeting all these people uh, through cool. you know the, the shared passion of game making. And you hosted these in person or it was online? Uh, or? Yeah, absolutely. It was still at the time where we could meet in person and, and see each other's smiles face to face. Cool, but, uh, cool. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Um, so, so I, I made games till, till I joined basically college. Uh, when I joined college, um, so I started college in a, uh, at, at 19, I, I believe, if I remember so. Um, and uh, I started in Switzerland, uh, pursuing my passion of computer science. Uh, but then, you know, college takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, so I couldn't have any time to, to make games anymore, but it lasted for a few years. <laughs> I would um, say so. I like yeah. seven years. That's a long time. Yeah. Especially yeah, yeah. at it, that age. <laughs> exactly. Actually, if, uh, if anybody's interested, if you're interested in, uh, checking out sort of some of the games I made, um, I, I believe that now they're not on the app store anymore because, there's this policy that Apple requires you to update your games every two years or so with the new, you know, binary, the new architecture whatsoever. And my games were so old, I couldn't update them even if I wanted to. Okay. It would take so much time. So they, they ended up removing it. But they're still on my website. Um, it's, it's called uh, yuli.dev, yuli.dev if you want to check that out. <laughs> I, I was actually on your website. It's pretty cool. Uh, oh, cool. Did, you, did you make that? I mean, it's oh, like yeah. got the... Yeah, it's my... Nice. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. That means a lot. Uh, actually, making websites is my second passion, I would say. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. So is there a lot of crossover between, I don't know, game development and website development? Um, yeah, actually, you know, it, it, it's all about 
UI, of course. I would say that game development logic is something very, very unique. Um, there are programming patterns that you don't see in usual you know, programming uh, uh, challenges or programming aspects. Uh, for example, in crypto, all the new programming, it, it's, it's really a new world for me. I, I didn't see that kind of stuff before in game development. In game development, we, we do a totally different architecture we do a totally different, you know, different patterns. For example, I'm not going to go too much in details, maybe kind of be boring, but in Solidity, you would never, uh, you need to think about the gas costs all the time. This is really, this can be hell for new programmers, but uh, for example, a, a, a basic for loop is, is, is really becomes hell when you use it in Solidity because it's going to cost a lot of money to, to uh, execute that on mainnet, right? So you need to think about different design patterns, different uh, architecture patterns. So it's really a, yeah, really a new world. That's awesome. I mean, the, the only coding experience that I've ever had, mm -hmm. I, I don't even know if it's coding, but like I went to this summer camp where like, we're going to teach you how to make a game. And they had mm -hmm. this like program. And I guess you could kind of like, it was just you would fill in the information rather than like writing it from scratch. So you could like choose different right. sprites. You could like make the layouts, the maps, the power ups, all this different kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, that was fun. But um, <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't pursue it. Certainly not for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think programming is a I, I, I'm not going to say in this, an essential skill because, um, you know, it's I don't think it's still um a, a standard but it, i think it should be definitely taught in schools uh, because it's really um it's going to become more and more necessary skill as we progress through this you know i'm gonna sound a little cliche but this digital world <laughs> the future of finance you the could future say. <laughs> of the decentralized world no but it's it's true like um uh, before I, I, when I first joined uh, crypto, that was uh, six months ago, um, everybody was saying code is law and they still say it, right? Code is law, code is law. Um, because of Ethereum and how it works, how it's programmable, it's one of the first, you know, programmable blockchains. Uh, but it's true. It's actually true. When you, when you code, I believe you can do anything. You can, it's not just talking to computers like you would talk to a horse or an animal. It's really, you can create anything that you can think of if you have the right skills if you have the right knowledge but if you are willing to learn the, the possibilities are endless and that's really what i like about programming that's awesome i mean i think just learning knowing the concepts i mean for me i'm talking about me personally i think that mm -hmm. i don't i i know almost nothing i mean i know nothing uh but especially knowing the concepts could be really helpful for someone like me, because I think mm -hmm. that I would be able to just be more aware of what's possible. Whereas now right. they're presenting me with, you know, the apps already made. And I don't know if, yeah. if you know the framework, then you can work within the framework. Even if I, you know, don't necessarily know how to technically implement it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Um, use DeFi, right? Use DeFi platforms, smart yeah, contracts. You, you put your money on smart contracts. So I think this is important to, I, I'm not going to say I review all the smart contracts I, I put money in because that would not be true. Uh, but it's, imp 
it's it's cool to know how it works and and what you put your money on even if you don't put money on it it's still cool to know how the entire you know thing works um yeah this is something i, I was thinking about because like uh -huh. you know you drive a car but you don't know how the car works like i don't know how the air conditioning works you just turn it on right right i mean that's the question that's the tension yeah. like like yeah. do i really need to know the back end or or am i just like a user and you know i'm a power user i use this thing more than you know 99 of the world right mm -hmm. um but do i need to know the back end i'm sure that it would be useful in in situations if your car breaks down you definitely you need to fix it <laughs> exactly you need to know like what what to do at least who to contact for yeah but, true um, and that is also why that is also why i mean i mean we're we're going into a different direction but that that is also why uh, before people used to fix their stuff and not buy new stuff i think now it's become so complicated that um it's basically impossible to fix your own stuff yourself uh, what if your iphone has you know a tiny chip that just got removed from the from the motherboard and you would need to fix that yourself no impossible but what if it's a it's a 1900s you know door uh, lock or something that you can fix by soldering iron on it? That would be definitely possible. I mean, this is a different you know analogy, but I think we definitely take technology for granted. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I, I think we underestimate it as well. Like if it's possible sure. to underestimate the internet, I think that we're definitely doing that in some way. It's impossible sure. to see like five, 10 years down the line, it's going to be even more than it is now, which is hard to imagine. What does it mean? Sure, exactly. So take me uh, into crypto a little bit. You said you only got involved six months ago and already you've launched an app. So <laughs> you've delve in headfirst. As I <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think it's all thanks to Gaspar. He, um, he, he, he's my friend at EPFL, uh, where we both uh, studied computer science. And for three years, the three years that I've been there, um, he was keeping, you know, telling me about crypto. He also founded the uh, BSA, the Blockchain Student Association there. But I never got interested in it. I don't know why. I, I, I think I really missed out on, this, on these three years. I should have joined earlier. But anyways, I'm, I'm here today, so still happy. Uh, but he kept telling me about this crypto, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and that kind of thing. Um, but it's only six months ago that we both decided to start a project uh, on Ethereum. He, he really took some time to explain how it worked uh, and how the ecosystem was you know, growing extremely fast. And um, yeah, I, I just got interested in it because I had more time. I was finishing school, uh, just graduated. So I had more time to dive into it. And after um, you know, some time at the bar with a glass of wine, we started AP Wine. <laughs> beautiful i love that sitting at the bar somewhere in paris sipping on that wine and all of a sudden it comes to you just flows through you right <laughs> so what is the what was the idea i mean what was the initial idea for ap wine like why did you want to start this particular project mm -hmm. right so um Actually, we were the three of us was uh, Gaspar, Antoine and I, uh, but they were talking about two ideas and I was kind of listening to them, but not understanding what it means. What is yield? What does token mean? 
<laughs> I was really, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm still, uh, I, I am still, uh, I would say, maybe not a boomer anymore, but I was really uh, ignorant of anything happening in the, in the DeFi space at the time. Uh, but they were talking about two ideas. First was an NFT-based game. And I really liked this one because I was into gaming at the time. I mean, I still am, but I was still making games. Um, but we, we saw that Avigachi just published their you know, paper and maybe it was, it, they were basically doing the same thing. So we just decided to, to do something else. Uh, it would be maybe a redundant project. Uh, but to, so it, it, this was in August. And the second idea was, okay, there is a craze going on right now. We are seeing APYs with four digits. It, it just doesn't mean anything. It's just, you know, in traditional finance, you would get even 1% per year, you would be happy. But here, when we were in August, we were seeing 1,000% APY, 2,000% APY. It is just, just not sustainable. What if you could short or long this APY, depending on where you think it's going to go? So basically trading APYs, it all started like this. Um, and this is where we thought, okay, what if um, you could put your, maybe I can just explain APY. Um, for the people who don't know here, uh, I'm just going to go with a very sure, simple, sure. Uh, with a very simple um, analogy uh, that I like. Um, okay, so you have a job and your boss at the beginning of each month gives you a coupon that gives you the right to get your paycheck at the end of each month. So basically at the beginning of each month, you need to wait for your salary that comes one month after, which means that you're stuck with value that you cannot really use. Now, imagine you're a little bit short on money. You wanna, I don't know, you wanna go to the restaurant, to a French classy restaurant with your girlfriend, but you're a little bit short of money uh, this month. So you go to your friend and um, you tell him, okay, listen, I got this coupon that allows me to redeem $3,000 at the end of the month. Uh, would you buy it from me for a small discount? And then your friend thinks, okay, if I buy it from him for a discount, I just need to wait one month and then I can make a small profit. So let's go. Uh, so he buys it from you for, let's say, 2900 right? And then he makes profit at the end of the month and you are happy because you got your uh, salary up front in advance and you can go to the restaurant and order a few bottles of wine. So this is basically how APY wine works. But the analogy is um, in APY wine, technically speaking, the, the coupon that your boss gives you is the FYTs, the future yield tokens. Your job is the APWIBT. It basically represents, you know, your salary every month that is coming. And then your friend is the AMM with the liquidity providers. This is the, the guest. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of like a payday loan. Is what you're hey. describing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's more than a loan because a loan, you would have to repay it. Uh, here, right, I, I, would, I, I would say it's more of a... Um, because at the same time, you're, you know, your friend takes the risk that maybe your boss company uh, goes bankrupt or that kind of thing. So he, he also takes some risk. And he, if it was a loan, you would have to repay him. 
But in this case, because you sold your coupon, you don't have to repay him. So I would say it's more of a, um, yeah, I think it's just a, a marketplace, a marketplace. Yeah, for, you're selling your future income. Exactly. Exactly. You sell for a discount. Um, that's okay. Very cool. Very interesting. Um, and so using the platform right now, what are some of the things that you can do? Right. So right now we are in beta. Um, we actually closed the beta. So unfortunately, you can only look. <laughs> but uh, we are planning the V1 uh, coming very soon. So please uh, do stay tuned. But during the beta, what you could do is deposit any kind of asset that we support. Uh, so on the beta, we supported, uh, for example, ADI, iFarm, and YUSD. So uh, Ave, Harvest, and Yearn. So all of these platforms, when you deposit some asset, they generate some interest. This is how the entire system works in DeFi. Uh, you have some assets that generate uh, interest. It's called the interest bearing token, IBT. So when you deposit your IBT on APY, um, what it's going to do is lock your tokens. You can deposit for one month, one year, six months, any time that we support also. So let's say you deposit your ADI for one month on APY. In exchange, you, you receive some APW IBT. This represents your locked position on APY. So if you deposit 100 ADI, you would get 100 APW IBT. And on top of that, you receive your future yield tokens for this month. The future yield tokens you receive at the beginning of every month, as long as you keep your assets on APY. So it's kind of an automatic thing. You just receive your future tokens on your wallet monthly. And all you have to do is just go on the market and sell your yield. So sell your future yield tokens and receive your yield upfront. So this is the entire yeah, I go, user flow. I go with a thousand die, I deposit it, and then I can take out essentially both the future yield and I also get another token which which law which represents my locked position inside the app, right? Exactly. Similar to when you deposit some, when you provide some liquidity on, on Sushi, on Uni, and then you receive LP tokens. This is a proof that you deposited some assets. And you can't withdraw the underlying asset until either you pay, like buy it back or it comes to expiry at the end of the month. Right. So to ensure that the system is stable, uh, uh, just one point I want to I want to clarify is that uh, there are protocols that do fixed rate lending, borrowing, um, or that kind of things with a different approach than we do. On APY, there is no debt, there is no collateral, so to say, uh, there is nothing to repay, and there can never be any unstable situation, even during a bear market. You know when the APYs are going down, and somehow someone needs to pay back. You know what, what's missing in the contracts. There is no debt on IPY. Um, yeah. So, but who is financing the future yield then? Right. So when you uh, deposit your assets and when you promise, basically you lock your tokens for one month, these assets, they generate yield, right? And where you get your future yield in advance from is from the AMM. 
So on the AMM, there are liquidity providers who are willing to provide liquidity for you to do this you know, swap thing. Um, and then the market can decide what is the fair price for FYT, depending on the discount that they want to put and depending on the, on the APY uh, of, the, of the current platform. Uh, so for example, uh, on, 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 let's say that on the uh, ADI pool of the AMM, um, I provide some liquidity with a specific APY, right? So that the price of the FYT is uh, related to that current APY. Uh, for instance, um, uh, let me find my words. Okay, let's say that the APY is 10%, right? So if you deposit, uh, it's 10% it's per month to make it easy. Uh, sure. so, so let's say that um, you want to get some yield up front. So if you sell 100 FYT, you would get 10 DAI. Why? Because 100 FYT represents the yield for 100 ADI. And the yield for 100 ADI mm. would be 10 DAI. I see, I see, I see. Right. So this is if the AMM was, uh, you know, exactly priced but it's likely not the case because when you do a swap on the amm obviously there's going to be some slippage and then the price of the fyt will go down and this is where it's interesting to see where uh, the entire ecosystem and the entire uh, economy of apy will will thrive uh, because of arbitraging so if the price of the fyt goes down but the apy the real apy of the of ave uh, stays the same, then there is some uh, opportunity for arbitrage. If you buy the FYT, which is underpriced, you can make a profit by waiting till the end of the period and netting some profits on the yield. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, very interesting. And are there any, in traditional finance, are there similar like types of programs? I mean, I'm sure there are. I'm just wondering if you're familiar. Actually, it's uh, interesting you talk about this. Um, we've had a lot of people from traditional finance come to us and, uh, and say, hey, guys, uh, actually, I really like what you do because I am from traditional finance and we have this thing called you know, future contracts. And it's basically the same as what AP1 is doing. Um, also the same as what some other protocols are doing, but with a different approach and with a different... Uh, you know, idea in mind. It's not really yield, but it's more for uh, options or future contracts, this kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's definitely exists in traditional finance. I'm I couldn't say I'm experimented in that because I'm not, but I've definitely heard that uh, future contracts are a thing in traditional finance. Well, yeah, I'm not surprised you haven't experimented with that. You probably <laughs> need a Harvard law degree and. Right. Five to ten years at Goldman in order to <laughs> even touch actually, this kind of stuff. Actually, I think this is also a really nice point uh, to discuss. I believe that in DeFi, I think DeFi is a really nice uh, first approach for anyone to kind of discover finance. Um, I, I don't know. For, for example, did, did you know finance before DeFi? Were you into traditional finance? Um. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I was interested in it. I mean, I was interested in the stock market for since the young age. And um, yeah, I would say so. I mean, it wasn't like super sophisticated or anything, but I was definitely interested. That's cool. That's cool. Amazing. 
well, yeah, you got more definitely more experience than I do. Then um, I, I had no idea about you know the lending borrowing thing. When when your bank tells you that you can get a one percent APY, um, I wasn't sure where they got that. So for me, DeFi was really uh, discovering all of how all of this works and how people are actually reinventing finance in a decentralized way. But um, yeah, I think it's it's a really good introduction since you can see exactly how certain concepts are implemented. Uh, for example, I, I really like Hedgic, what they're doing at Hedgic. Um, and I think it's quite insane how they managed to, to replicate, not replicate because they're doing a, a little bit differently, but implementing an options, you know, smart contract on the blockchain when this actually exists in finance and how you can re-implement it with code. It's, it's, it's really mind-boggling to me, but uh, yeah, I really love everything that's, that's currently been, been going on. Definitely most people, you know, that are just coming of age, you know, in their 20s now, maybe mm -hmm. even in their teens right now, are they're going to learn finance probably in the same way that you are, right? Through crypto, mm -hmm. through these different applications. They're not going to be going on like Bloomberg or anything to like learn about this. That's not how it's going to happen. It's going to be like digital first, right? So mm -hmm. um, I think that's going to be more and more common, you know, um, that the path to understanding finance like is, and finance itself is changing, right? So it's, it's not going to be, you can't get the same information that you could from these traditional sources like Forbes or whatever, or Wall Street Journal, whatever people read, right. whatever the boomers are reading these days, <laughs> you know, it's just not up to date. And uh -huh. just like, for example, the idea of a liquidity provider, market maker. Yes. In, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I mean, I, I was going just going to say that liquidity, you know, automated market makers, Please correct me if I'm wrong, but it was definitely introduced by DeFi and by Uniswap specifically. But before that, liquidity providers, I, I don't remember anywhere else I've, I've read about it. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They definitely exist in traditional finance, but okay. it's only, you know, big institutions like hedge funds or, uh -huh. you know, big investment banks. They're the only ones that can actually access you know, the, they, they're the only ones that could be liquidity providers, like in stock market or anything. Oh, I right? see. So now, and, and for that reason, most people have no idea what a, a liquidity provider is, right? And mm -hmm. in DeFi, that's like, for me, it's like the one of the most important things is understanding yeah. how to provide liquidity <laughs> in an AMM. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's, and, and that's kind of like finance 2.0, right? I think that it's like, or three point, whatever point oh we're at, but <laughs> it's like, that's understanding. If you understand like how like impermanent loss works, providing liquidity, et cetera, et cetera. I think that is a very valuable tool that's going to exist like far into the future over the next 10 years. It's like, that's what you need to know in finance. I think it's like a key concept. Whereas, you know, in the past, doesn't really matter because you have no access to that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And coming back to your point oh uh, reference, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I haven't been in the space for so long. But I believe that we are not even point 
not even a point oh yet i believe that we're 0.1 or maybe 0.2 like all of this is still a beta it's not ready for public um but at the same time it's it's growing extremely fast um you know and with lots of incentives for developers um just market makers basically every actor in the space is incentivized to join this because we're so early um and and i don't like to say we're so early because i joined literally six months ago but i haven't experienced the, the bear market of 2017 um but my, my friends definitely tell me their experiences about it, it doesn't seem too nice uh, but i only i only experienced the bull market so i i'm i'm super optimistic about the future um and j just thinking that this is still extremely early it's nowhere ready uh for you know the public uh even my parents they they struggle a lot with wallets um i think just in terms of i i like to think that i have some um sensibility in, in user interface because i really love playing with it i really love creating user interfaces and i, I just think that it's yeah it's it's still a little bit complicated for for most people um yeah but this is why i like it because there's so many things to do so many things to create and so many things to improve in this ecosystem uh, so i'm super happy to be here and and you know be be be, be my small part and do my my small you know, improvement, what I think can be improved. Yeah, I think it's amazing. It's how, about, how about you? <laughs> um, like, w w do how you, about do you, me what? I don't know. Do you, <laughs> What's the question? <laughs> no, no, what, uh, what, do, what do you think? What kind of point O are we? Do you believe that uh, we're still, you know? Well, I was kind of, you know, in saying finance 2.0, I, I was more trying to say that I think mm -hmm. that... Mm -hmm just financial literacy not not saying DeFi is you know finance oh, right. i mean i just think that the ideas the concepts right knowing how to provide liquidity right that is finance 2.0 right because mm -hmm. even if you're a smart guy and even if doesn't like even if you're super involved in finance in finance point one like 10 years last 10 years you, there, you don't need to know those things. So going forward, you will. It doesn't matter who you are. I think mm -hmm. that just knowing these things is... But yeah, definitely, I mean, 100%, like, it's not ready. Like, we're... It's, it is hard to use. It's not easy. Like, it takes mm -hmm. some work in order to understand how to use these interfaces. Right. It's not like pushing a button and you're ready to go. Yeah. But it's, it's also interesting to see you know, De how DeFi introduces finance for most for most people joining. And actually finance, I didn't realize it uh, like this, but basically runs our world. Um, without finance, you know, there would be no economy, there would be no stability maybe in, in countries. I believe finance is just all the organization of how money works. It's, it's, it's really impressive to see that. Uh, I, I really didn't know anything about inflation. I mean, I, I did know what it meant, but you know, in, in DeFi, we, we do talk a little bit, uh, actually a lot about inflation when we see a new coin popping up. Oh, but what about the inflation? What about the max supply and stuff? And, and when you see governments basically minting for free, basically governments are, you know, they have their own coin, the USD, and they they don't have any DAO. The DAO is just their own wallet and they mint as as many you know usd as they need 
but it, it's it's pretty funny to do this analogy with DeFi. Yeah, I mean, but it but it's so it's like U.S. government dev pre mine, you know, like yeah. it's like so unfair. There's no even there's no airdrops. I mean, the airdrop was like one point two k, but like they yeah. got billions. So like it's not fair. They're they're giving like point zero zero to the community. Not, right. not cool, man. Not cool. And <laughs> but when you start to look at it like that, it's it's pretty interesting because you realize yeah. that you realize that when a protocol is printing tokens, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, if you if you don't if you're just like you know coming without really think about it, you're like, well, this is bullshit, right? It's just like money coming out of thin air. Like, mm -hmm. eh, what is this worth? But then if you like step back and you're like, well, actually, the government runs our entire financial system like this, so right. there is some like there is some aspect of there that there is creating value, like there is value that these tokens capture, right? In building a community, in building an application, there is value created. And the mm -hmm. token is kind of just capturing that value. Absolutely. Um, so it's, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. And, and the whole DeFi, like kind of, it just, um, it, it flips everything on its head. So mm -hmm. while, well, before like mostly bigger institutions and centralized governments were able to, uh, you know, make these these sophisticated financial decisions. Now it's available to basically everyone, right. which is which is incredibly powerful. I mean, but on the other hand, most people don't care about finance, right? They they you know they just wanna they're artists, they're gamers, they're they're doing whatever <laughs> they do. Yeah. Um, they're not you know, spending time trying to think about inflation and, yeah. and all these types of things. Like, I mean, I, I, can, I can relate. I can relate. Like, it's not necessarily passionating when you're not really into it. So I can definitely, you know, yeah. understand yeah. why. <laughs> but it's still the world. You know, it's like people who are not interested in history. Uh, disclaimer, I, I was not interested in history at school. I always hated it because the way it's taught. Uh, in France, like you have to to read everything by heart and stuff. But you know, now I find it I find it fascinating to to learn about the, the the history of our people of our country. But I can definitely understand people who who don't who are not really interested into it. It's just a matter of uh, general education, I guess. I, I believe that finance. When you say that, I believe that finance should be taught in school too. Yeah. Well. I mean, yeah. Let's not talk about education. I don't know why they don't <laughs> talk about taxes in school. Why you got to figure that out on your own? I don't like that. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if taxes were just a smart contract, it would be so much easier. Oh, it? I'd be, that would make my life so much. Right? That's basically Uniswap. <laughs> it, would put, it would put all the accountants out of business, let me tell you. Right. Um, uh, but what, another a thing that um, on the topic of finance is, uh, you know Balaji, he's like, a, I guess, an influencer, makes a lot of content, kind of futurist. Um, he said something interesting that, you know, going into this next decade, everyone is going to become an investor, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the last, you know, last 10 years, everyone became like kind of a media outlet, right? When there right. was like these central outlets, now everyone's got their own page, et cetera, et cetera. So you're saying... Mm -hmm. Same thing with the finance is that there were first there were these big institutions, but now it's kind of giving the access to everyone. 
even through stuff like Robinhood, but you, you know, DeFi yeah. just takes it to a whole nother level. Um, so it is interesting to think that like maybe going forward, it's just going to be a part of every way, everyone's life. Like, right. You know, yeah. I just need to manage my money. It's just like what I do, even if it's simple things, I mean, mm-hmm. just using compound for like 10% or moving to this, you know, you know, maybe that's just going to be more and more how people live. Mm, right. But do you believe that people would have interest in that though? Like, would you believe that, uh, I don't know, I'm thinking about my parents or, or just people their age that I know, my grandparents, I don't, I, I don't know if they would have any interest in, in, you know, managing their money because most people, they, I don't think they would actually, I, I, I just think that in crypto, Uh, especially like the the value of money is um, people don't realize the value of money anymore. I mean, I'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything, but in the real world, I I don't know many people who who would actually have the capital to invest in something. Um, I I, like 80% of the, the global population and probably more just struggle to make their ends meet, you know, so... I do believe that it's an important thing to learn, um, but there are definitely problems to solve first on that aspect. I uh, pro- probably for developed countries and, and you know developed specific social classes, it would be interesting uh, for everyone to invest in something. Um, but yeah, j- j- just my two cents. Sorry, I don't want it to. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I actually, I actually disagree because if you have yeah. ever you touched money, you're involved yeah. in finance. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If you get a dollar, you now need to make a decision. You need to buy some food. You need to buy some clothes, or you need to save it. Right. It's like you mm-hmm. need to do the things you do, yeah. or invest it, or put in your bank. Like you have to make that decision. It's not okay. like it's not like you're removed. You know. So. It, yeah, I see your yeah, point. Yeah. You know, maybe it's, you know, of course, not everyone's going to be like providing liquidity, you know, 24-7 <laughs> looking for DGEN yields. Like, no, I definitely understand. That. That's not what people are interested in, but just basic stuff. I mean, kind of one of the things that attracted me to DeFi was just this like very basic idea of having like these synthetic stocks, being able to access mm-hmm. high quality companies from outside the United States. I mean, there's many people in the world, as you mentioned, who, you know, they don't make a lot of money, but they have a big problem where they can't hold it in their currency, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Zimbabwe, Venezuela, we've, we've oh, heard yeah. all these stories. Yeah, like, so they need to, they need to hold it in like Apple stock or Google stock or gold or whatever they can get right. their hands on. So yeah. for them, it's quite useful. And, you know, as it is right now, it is very expensive. And you're right, it's not very easy to use, not very practical, but the hope is that it It's possible. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is possible, whereas before it wasn't. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, that's a a good point. So, I don't know. For sure. Um, (laughs) So, what is your role within uh, the project AP1? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, you know, as as one of the founders, you know your your role is kind of uh, putting all the different hats. Uh, you need to 
kind of manage the marketing. I mean, everyone in the team does that, right? Uh, I'm not saying I'm the only one, but everyone needs to manage some part of, of, of the project and, and on a daily basis, uh, mostly all parts. So uh, marketing, communication, uh, development, of course, I'm, I'm currently full-time on development. Um, so myself, my, my predetermined role, I would say, is more on the UI side. So I do all the website interface, um, also the, 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 the branding. Uh, I, uh, we, we actually had the logo designed by a design team, but then uh, when it comes to all the visual resources, I, I need to do it. But I really like it. You know, I, I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I, I believe that uh, UI is an important thing uh, to, to, it's an important matter. So you need to take some time to, to think about it. Uh, I believe that it's often an overlooked aspect in, in DeFi for now. I know that there are some projects that have really good UI. Um, I'm thinking uh, Matcha, of course. Uh, the new StakeDAO website is really cool also. Uh, actually, I've, I've seen inverse.finance. I really like the landing page. Uh, but yeah, I, I think for, for other stuff, I think UI is often overlooked. Uh, for example, I think Yearn, um, I, I love Yearn, I love the project, but I, I think they, they could maybe hire a designer, you know, full-time. I think this is really important. Uh, and for any project, I think design is, is so important. Now, I'm not saying I'm a designer uh, by profession, that's not true at all. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where my role comes into play, uh, designing the interface, designing the website, the landing pages, and so on. So everything you see on APY.fi is, uh, yeah, this is my work. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I love the shout-outs you gave there, uh, StakeDAO and Inverse. I think yeah. they do, Inverse has like this UFO, it's like a nice little cartoon yeah, uh, yeah. on the landing page. It's exactly, nice. it exactly. It looks really good. It looks really, um, you know, not, not, not too much corporate, but just corporate enough and just classy mm -hmm. enough, you know, not not going too much into the meme uh, thing. Yeah, it's but not it's like good. it's not like a waifu. Like that's too much, <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, meme projects, you know, definitely. There's a huge like people love uh, uh, like meme drawings. Uh, this is something I, I realized in crypto, and yeah, I'm okay. I'm. I'm putting pressure on you, but I'm going to say that I'm pretty excited to see what you come up with, because I think that the intersection of, you know, DeFi's intersection of gaming and finance, and uh -huh. you're coming from the gaming perspective, I think that you'll be able to make some very cool and innovative interfaces for your application, because you have this kind of gaming background. I think that you... I don't know. I feel like you're going to make cool stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Thanks, man. I don't know if you had time to, uh, to check APY, but uh, we already have some, some you know, uh, a UI for the beta uh, and we have the landing page and so on. So there's lots of uh, stuff that you can check already. Uh, the, my latest work is on the V1 teaser. So if you go on app.apy.fi, you can see uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a shader. Uh, so a, a V1 uh, teaser for the upcoming launch. Nice, nice. I think that this idea of gaming could be taking much further within DeFi 
Um, and I think we're start, we, we already see the beginnings of this, you know, that the whole idea of yield farming and, mm-hmm. you know, high yields and looking for these yields, it, it is a game, right? It, it's a, it's a kind of a, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. Like it's all a game. I mean, it's of course a zero sum game, like in traditional finance, but I feel like all these, there's this new thing, the the new farms on Polygon. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it makes me really want to laugh because it's, I, I don't know what, what, you know, there's new projects popping up every day. I think there was poly whale, poly, poly, yeah. poly thing, poly bread, poly sushi. I don't know, like lots of poly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what what is the value added in all of this? I mean, what is the? It, it's not a real question. It's just a rhetorical question. But uh, yeah, so all the people go into this, and basically the winner is the first who gets out. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. those are the, the. I mean, those are like the Ponzi games. I mean, yeah. those are like the like. <laughs> those are like yeah, going yeah, to yeah. the underground casino and you're probably smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. there's no windows you know you got dice or something like those are the type like i try to stay away from those <laughs> games i mean people do play them of course but those are like re- like what i the games that i hope to play are the ones where you support projects as they're growing right so if you guys launch a farm you know it will probably would play out better if I just, you know, farm the token and hold it. Because mm-hmm, if I'm, mm-hmm. if I'm in a farm where I feel like I need to be dumping the token, it's probably not a good farm, right? It's not going to last very long and yeah. it's going to get diluted very fast and the token is just going to drop. So like if you play that game a few times, like, unless you have massive capital and you can just, you know, work through it very quickly, then it, it pays off just to be like a little more long-term focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, but it's, it's still a fun game. Like, yeah, it, it, it's a really fun concept that people c- came up with. I think if you just take it as a game, it can be fun. If you take it as, you know, you put your life savings onto it because you expect that this is a real project and it's going to take off and stuff. Like, no, I, I remember one guy. Um, yeah, I, I remember in some in some shit coins that there were there were people putting their entire homes on onto it. You know, their entire life savings. Yeah. And it's crazy because in DeFi, in just a matter of seconds, and I'm not talking about rock bulls, but just regular dumpings. Uh, you can just lose your entire money in a few seconds. And this is something that you don't really see in traditional finance, except for options. But in DeFi, it's more mainstream, I would say. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it can be really scary. Uh, yeah. So that's... this is also where I think it's not ready for most people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, though, is that ever going to change? I mean, because of the nature, like... No, for sure. It yeah. is open. It is permissionless. There's always going to be some guy who's like 10,000% yield and then just rug pull yeah. or huge dump. Like, I feel like that's just going to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. There ne- I, it is difficult, though. There needs to be these trusted applications. Like, so when I, when I talk to new people, I'm like, well, you should just like try compound, you know, try Ave. Mm-hmm. Those are like, fun. yeah big well-respected applications are pretty simple to use mm-hmm. um so 
you, you have to have the that balance between the 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 degen, the experimental, and the, mm-hmm. the conservative, the the tried and true apps. Yeah, agreed. Oh, and by the way, I, I just want to give a uh, just want to say that also Compound I think has a really nice interface. It was a uh, one mm. of the inspirations I took. Uh, I really like how. I mean, it's it's of course a little bit corporate, but it works really well and it's really simple to use. So yeah, I like this kind of interface. Doesn't do too much, you know. Doesn't go too much into the 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 branding stuff. Doesn't go too fancy, but it just works. This is super important. Um, you know, before when we had only terminals instead of Windows, or when Windows came up, it was a new way to interact with computers. But before, you know, terminals, um, and I personally also use, and I believe any developer uses um, shells, it's called terminal shells, uh, on a daily basis to interact with their computer. It's so much, you know, more efficient and more uh, and faster when, when you actually, you know, when you can use it. So right, I believe Com- Com- Compound does a great job at uh, functionality yeah, over yeah. fanciness. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that was a kind of the difference between the person who knows the car and the person who just drives the car. <laughs> it's like, sure, you you can get by fine driving the car, but if you really know the ins and outs, you uh-huh. get there much faster sometimes. Oh yeah, how would you do that? Maybe you can attach some wings to the to the car. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Those uh, those NASCAR drivers seem to be knowing something. I don't know. <laughs> right, uh, right. So, are you? Are you playing any games these days? Are there are there any any things that you spend your time other than crypto? Uh, I, I would love to say yes, but unfortunately, crypto is taking so much of my time. Um, so before crypto, I, actually, um, when I started APY in August, um, I also got hired at the same time at Amazon. So I started working for Amazon as a software engineer, like regular software dev uh, for six months. Uh, and I only left my job a few months ago, so I, I think it was two months ago, uh, to focus full-time on API. But before that, I was juggling between um, Amazon, API. We were still you know, trying to raise some money for the project and stuff. Uh, and I was also doing some other DeFi projects. You know, I think the time management aspect for any um, and entrepreneur especially in crypto is, is extremely difficult, but it's, it's very re- rewarding. Uh, crypto is a very rewarding ecosystem if you manage to kind of make your, your dreams and your projects come true. But yeah, I just want to say that it's also a hard uh, commitment and it can be very hard to manage sometimes. I've, uh, uh, I, I also have a girlfriend and, and uh, uh, a lot of times she told me that I was you know, too much on my computer. I literally spent uh, just my weekends, uh, the nights on on my computer, just just working, and uh, it can be really hard to to balance. You know, this this work life balance is more difficult to find in crypto than in any other. Uh, I, I mean, I can only speak for for regular software engineering, but I I believe it's also the case for other industries. Absolutely, the thing is with crypto, you don't go to your so office. Fast. And and so was Axe. You like it's always on, right? You just go to your computer, yeah. then you're ready to go. Like there's nothing. That's the thing. You just roll out of bed, and then you're working, right? It's not. Yeah, that's the go. thing. <laughs> that's the thing. 
Well, listen, just tell your girlfriend it's a bull market. In the bear markets, you'll have much more time. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Although, although I believe uh, sometimes I, I tell people that I'm kind of looking forward to the bear market. Uh, I don't want to get any hate from that, but uh, I do believe that the bear market will be much more productive. Uh, you know, all the all the kind of I don't want to say useless okay useless uh, all the useless projects are going to get left out on the side because there's not much value to bring except in a bull market of course uh, you know bringing these crazy APYs that are not sustainable but for all the other ones and I, I sure hope, hope that I can still work on APY uh, uh, during the bear market I mean we've planned everything uh, in the case of a bear market so I'm, I'm sure we will uh, but, you know, it's going to be much more productive, even in terms of gas costs. Uh, right now, being a developer on Ethereum has never been more painful uh, to, to, to deploy a contract. It literally costs, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. Um, it's, it's something that people in, in external to the crypto world would not even understand, in my opinion. Um, never have I ever paid a thousand dollars or tens of thousands of dollars uh, to deploy a game on the app store, you know, to, to give a, yeah. a, an analogy. But um, yeah. yes, so I, I think it will definitely be more productive. Um, I, I don't hope that it will come uh, anytime soon, but when it does, I, I will not be, you know, any disappointed because uh, it, it was good and it also gave me the opportunity and, and I'm extremely lucky in that uh, to start my own project and live off my own project, you know. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I want the the bull to continue. Just <laughs> for sure. Straight Let's go. to the moon. Straight Let's to the go. Moon. <laughs> Not too fast to the moon, but you know, at a at a good good rate. For sure. And it, and I mean, if 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 you sell your yield on crazy APYs, and if you sell your future yield on APY, then you know you're not taking the risk anymore. So you're basically riskless, and this is how IPY and I think is a is a great uh, proposition of value in in this current ecosystem. It's that people who want to bet on the rise of APY or people who want to get exposed to that APY without having the capital uh, to generate this kind of yield can do so. For example, on on I'm not going to say Ave, but uh, because it's it's quite stable and even in a bear market, you know, there's no possibility of there's not much risk on Ave. But for other platforms, uh, let's say you have a 50% APY uh, and you want to generate some kind of big yield. Uh, uh, let's say like you have to deposit millions to generate uh, some kind of interesting yield, but you don't have millions, you only have the yield. So if you want to get exposed to that volatility, you can just buy the yield from someone else. And that someone else is also hedging their risk because they don't want to get exposed to that volatility. So it's kind of a win-win situation with AP1. All right, give me some alpha over here. I know in the beta, in the, the yep. beta, you had uh, some stable coins. You had iFarm. Or sure. what? What other tokens, if you could say, are you going to include in the in the newest version? For sure. So I cannot say right now. Oh but, come on! But 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 I have very good news for you. Okay. Uh, because we have very strategic partnerships with uh, big protocols in the ecosystem uh, coming up in the V1. And there might be some alpha on the V1 website. 
I'm mm, not sure. But okay, if you guys okay. look into it, so app.apy.fi, um, yeah, I, I'm sure it will become obvious when you look at it. But okay, okay, okay. Definitely be sure to check it out. <laughs> and congratulations, by the way, on the round. You just recently did a pretty big raise from some pretty like respected investors in the space. How was how was that process for you? Right. Thank you very much. Um, it it was actually um, our first you know seed round ever. So our first uh, uh, investment round, um, except for the pre seed, of course. But the pre seed was was with uh, one investor. He was with multiple. So it was. A really, you know, interesting process, but at the same time difficult to manage because we didn't have any experience in doing that kind of kind of thing before. Uh, we were led by Delphi Ventures. Uh, we we really uh, we really enjoy working with them. Uh, we also uh, also Harvest invested in APYN, and we had very good uh, collaboration uh, till now. But you know, the entire process is is kind of you got to stop everything you're doing and you got to have five, six, seven calls every single day. So for, for two weeks straight, we had seven calls a day. Uh, I think we've had maybe, uh, yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of calls uh, during, during this investment round. And it was a hard thing to kind of uh, uh, debate which investor to take. At the mm. beginning, we were w wanting to raise uh, 500K uh, to kind of just cover the basic needs. Uh, in the end, we decided to raise a million uh, simply because of the vision we have with APY on multiple years and because we want to expand the team as we're currently trying to do. Um, and so that allowed us also to go full-time on it, uh, get some audits you know, from Quantstam, PeckShield, uh, and also cover the legal costs um, for anyone wanting to start a project in crypto, um, like a, 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 a legal project, I would say, because if you need uh, to, to kind of uh, de-risk yourself and you still don't want to be anonymous, I think not being anonymous was very important to me. I do not take shame in anything at all. Uh, I'm very proud of what we do at AP1. And so it was important for me to show uh, you know, who I am and what I do. Uh, and also to give people trust. I can understand that some people want to stay anonymous, but for us, it was not the case. So we started the company in France. And so for anyone wanting to start a project like this, registering a company, expect to pay a lot of legal costs. Uh, there's a lot of you know, process. There's a huge process to go through, uh, especially here in France. You have to register. You have to uh, kind of uh, get all the all the the green lights to to proceed with the race, um, and uh, yeah, basically be sure also to uh, very to spend a lot of time selecting investors, uh, questioning them about how they would be helpful to the project, uh, because in a bull market like this, uh, there are just thousands of investors who want to invest basically wherever, um, but there are only a few who are really sharing the same vision as you and sharing the same, you know, um, basically complementing your skills. So maybe they have some skills in marketing, maybe they have some skills in, a, in a human resources so they can help you hire. Uh, you have to take all that into account when you select investors. Um, all the investors that we took on APY, 
they each and all have a unique part of skill uh, that complements the team. And they're basically a family on APYN. So we all work together. This was really important. And this is also why uh, we chose not to increase the raise, uh, even though uh, you know, the demand was, was higher. Well, that's pretty pretty prudent. I mean, it's very tempting, I'm sure, just to get more money. <laughs> it is. It's interesting that I guess you guys are in France and this Delphi is in the United States and right. Harvest is completely anonymous. Right. Uh, and I assume all of this was done basically through Telegram. Uh, it's, it's pretty wild. Pretty wild Absolutely. time to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's an amazing time, as I said before, that uh, the ecosystem is extremely rewarding. So if you are willing to put some work and if you are willing to learn, uh, then no matter your background, no matter, you know, your, your, yeah, no matter your background, you are able to start a project. And if you make people believe in it, then you are going to, to succeed at least in the medium term for sure. And then it's up to you to make it your project succeed in the long term, of course. But I mean, it, compared to, to, to the traditional world, I mean, I have a friend who is um, uh, designing climbing um, handles. So if you ever, if you ever went uh, bouldering before, uh, I, I really enjoy it sometimes. Um, and so I have a friend who designs the handles and the, and the kind of, uh, um, how do you say that, the routes. Mm -hmm. And he's currently trying to fundraise for this project. It's a really good project, but damn, how is it, how hard is it to get, to get some funds in the real world? The investment, especially in this time of lockdown, is extremely hard to find. Whereas in crypto, it's the entire opposite. It's the bull market. Nobody cares about the lockdown and everyone is throwing money at projects. So it's in a way, I think a little bit insane, but at the same time, it, it gave me the opportunity and, and many other developers to join the space and work full-time on it. So yeah, extremely grateful. Awesome, awesome. That's very good to hear. And uh, wishing you continued success. I yeah, wanna, I wanna pitch you an idea. You want to take yeah, it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. So right now you can sell your future yields, correct? Absolutely. Right. What if you could sell your future airdrops? Oh, uh-huh. How, how would you know that? I don't know. This is the, this is the problem. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it would be interesting. I mean, because I, I believe that there will be, you know, whatever it is, there are going to be more airdrops in the future. Big, small, I have no idea. But there is some sort of value that you are going to receive in the future. It's a lot less quantifiable than, I guess, a yield. But it is there. It exists. So I don't know. It's uh, just something I thought of. Yeah, very interesting to explore. Um, actually, I just want to say that on APY, we are planning, it's actually in the roadmap, uh, that we support vested tokens which is a different uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, idea, but share, shares some uh, common aspects. Uh, for example, your vested sushi, uh, you could sell your vested sushi so that mm. uh, someone else could get exposed to that vesting, right? And you receive your sushi up front. This is something that's coming up in AP Wine. As for the airdrops, there might be something cool for you guys 
if you join, uh, there actually is going to be an airdrop for early users of APYN. So if you've ever used the alpha or any, or any of the beta versions, uh, there is something coming up for you. And there might also be something else for DeFi users, wink, wink. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. <laughs> I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm hearing. Um, awesome, awesome. So after this conversation, how would you like the listeners to take action? Well, uh, I mean, I would be, of course, grateful if, if you take a look at APYN. Uh, please do get in touch. If, if you're interested in anything, you know, user interface, or if you're working in that industry or interested in, in maybe collaborating together, uh, I would be super happy to get in touch with you. Uh, or if you would just want to chat, uh, I would, you know, about anything. I'm, I'm super open. I really love uh, discussing. And actually, this, this podcast made me realize, uh, made me realize how, how cool it is. I, I might want to do more in the future. So thank you for, for the great introduction to podcasts. I'm happy. I'm happy. And you're invited back anytime. <laughs> it would be my pleasure. What is the best way for people to get in contact with you if they want to? For sure. Um, so I am available on, so on my website, yuli.dev, uh, there should be my email. It's, uh, it's very simple. It's hi, H-I, at yuli.dev. So with here is the most direct way to get in touch with me. And as for APY, you can join the Telegram or um, through the website. You can also join our Discord. Uh, the website is at apy.fi. So through here, you can join all of our channels, uh, Medium, Telegram, Twitter, Discord. Uh, please do follow. And, uh, and yeah, let's, let's get in touch and, uh, and work on cool things together. Okay, Ulysses, thank you very much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. And hope we can <laughs> stay in touch. And I'm looking forward to the V1 of For APY. Sure. For sure. Same here, Gabriel. Looking forward to the V2 of, of your podcasts. <laughs> Will there be some airdrops to the, to the guests? <laughs> to the guests? This is something yes. I've been thinking about. I mean, it is, um, I do want to do something. I mean, I, I think I... Are, are we going to see... Still in development. Are still we going to see a Gabriel token? I don't know. I did a drop. <laughs> I did a launch of like some NFTs. Oh, nice. Um, but I still need to work on it. I think that it's it's about building something around the NFTs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Giving I more, giving more to the to the community. I feel like that that NFTs aren't just about the art necessarily. It's just it's yeah. about what you can get. I mean, so I don't know. I'm I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking more work to be done on my end. But mm -hmm. um, cool. Well, I mean, let, let's definitely get in touch with that if, if you're you know, happy to discuss about it. Sure, sure. No problem. <laughs> All right. Thank you for taking the time today and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Thank you, everyone, for listening.